Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Press Play Lifestyle Inspired Podcast, where we do interviews with interesting and inspiring people like our new friend, Jeff, to find the resources, tools, and support that our listeners, that's you, need to be their best inspired selves. How are you doing today, Jeff? Well, uh, living through another day of the COVID-19 shutdown, but otherwise, very well. Thanks. How are you, Jackie? I'm doing great. Thanks. It's, uh, I live in Milwaukee and it's super sunny today. It's still cold, but it's very sunny. And that's always a treat for us um, in the Midwest when we get a nice day. Yes, it is. It, it's a beautiful sunny day. A little, little bit chilly here in Indianapolis. Yeah, we're about, it was like 23 degrees when I got up. So it's not warm. It's just very nice. Very nice. Yeah, well, we're, we're warmer than that. Because I, I just came back in from a run, and and I did work up a little bit of sweat. So I'm feeling the relief of physical exercise and was happy to be able to get outdoors. Yeah, I bet, I bet the run felt really good, especially with the some fun, brisk air. Right, right on. So I have really loved kind of learning a little bit about you before we got a chance to meet one another in before the interview you've i mean as of right now uh, the best that i can count you've written over like 10 books and all kinds of articles and periodicals and all kinds of things is that about right yeah yeah that's true yeah so what what's your latest um latest book that you've put out well the, the last book um came out um i think it's been about three months ago now and it is a, it's a very long uh, memoir, uh, almost 500 pages long, but with a lot of pictures. Uh, and it's about the many experiences I had over almost 25 years of going to the Himalayas. So it has adventure stories. It uh, explains how I started a foundation in this remote area of Nepal how that developed, what I learned from trying to to work with um, people who were living really a a lifestyle of uh, a thousand years ago with no running water, no, um, you know, no cell phones, no TV, no radio, not even any vehicles with wheels, um, and being welcomed into their community and um, trying to respond to their desire to raise their standard of living in terms of education for kids, um, sanitation, health, that kind of thing, which has been a wonderful and inspiring experience um, for me. But, and so then the, the book goes into the history of Nepal and of Westerners uh, ad- adventuring and then falling in love with Nepal and the culture of Nepal. So I'm kind of like curious, how does a guy from Indiana land in the Himalayas? Like, like how do you go from, you know, being in like a Midwestern fella to having like all of these adventures? Like what, what led to that? Yeah, because where I live, the highest mountain is the, the park um, boat ramp. <laughs> yeah. So. I've literally driven to Indiana from Milwaukee and 
at one point I'm like, does this one road ever end or change? It's like really long and really flat. That, yes, we, we Hoosiers are definitely flatlanders. So it had nothing to do with my upbringing um, here in Indiana. Um, what happened is I turned 40 and I was manifesting midlife crisis symptoms, which as people who, who go through that is often the case. It was utterly ridiculous because I had a wonderful life. I had a law practice that was going well, um, two little boys uh, who I loved and I loved being a father, um, uh, happily married, a uh, wonderful wife uh, with a lot of common interests. So, you know, why would you feel any sort of crisis? But I just, it was this sort of existential sense of, is this all there is? Somehow something was missing in my life. And um, when I had been younger, I'd done a lot of what could be called adventure travel, motorcycle trips, um, hiking. Actually, I hitchhiked across the country twice when I was younger. So that's what was missing. And my wife recognized that. And so I came home from the office one day and I was apparently in my grumpy midlife crisis mood. And she slapped a brochure down on the table in front of me and said, why don't you go do this? And it was a brochure about um, trekking to Mount Everest on the Mount Everest um, base camp trail. So that was her suggested therapy to cure the midlife crisis. I took her up on it, um, hiked the, you know, what may be the most fantastic trail in the world and um, fell in love with mountains and really, uh, really came to respect and like the, the people that live up in the high Himalayas. Um, Kathmandu, it's, you know, it's a big city. Uh, it's a wonderful place in a lot of ways, but and has a lot of interesting sites. But what really touched me was the strength, the kindness, and the sensitivity of the people that live up in the high mountain villages. So who knew the, the solving the midlife crisis was just to go climb a mountain? <laughs> right. Uh, but it, sound, it sounds like, uh, interestingly, my, my husband is in his early 40s and he was an accountant and when his position was eliminated he's kind of like oh great I get to go back to do this again right and similar but different brochure from the wife that said maybe you want to do something else and he did and now he's less grumpy so, so glad to hear it they, you yeah. know these wives they they you know I think they have a special sense Maybe some of them, but it's definitely when things are going well, if you're still kind of feeling itchy, it's usually just, yes, there could be something missing. It doesn't mean it's your wife or your kids, right? Right. So, so I, I love that. So you have a lot of wonderful books about, um, they're kind of like a combo of travel plus um, life story, or then there's the hero's journey. There's all kinds of just adventure woven into was that all kind of at that point in your life, kind of the 40 on? 
or were you always a, a writer of sorts as well? Well, yeah, I, I've I've always been a writer. Um, when I was a teenager, I wrote bad adolescent poetry. Um, you know, sort of whiny, heartachy <laughs> uh, tripe. But um, as I uh, uh, and then as a lawyer, I wrote a, a number of legal articles, and, and I've taught some uh, college classes, so I've written some academic articles, but I've also written uh, mostly sort of what I've called spiritual adventure travel articles, which are, I would take some, what I thought would be an interesting trip and get something out of it beyond just, oh, you know, this is a nice hotel and here's a beautiful beach, but uh, some lesson that I thought, a life lesson that I thought I could share with other people and would have some value. And so I've written a lot of articles like that, but I never really had the time to write a complete book um, until the very end of my law career, which I retired um, at 56 um, in the last year, was working really pretty minimally. Um, and that's in that last year is when I started writing my, my first book. So since then, I've managed to put out uh, a book a year, and I've written a couple novels, um, which were based on interesting experiences in my own life, but it's fun to just take off and not be bound by the truth. <laughs> uh, and so to be able to take an experience and turn it into kind of a, a crazy, interesting fantasy. And then the other books um, have been about uh, topics I was just really interested in. And then some about uh, adventure travel combined with philanthropy uh, over in the Himalayas. So it sounds like the Himalayas really kept a piece of your heart, you know? Um, there's like, you have a, more than one book, don't you? Like with that, that area inside of it. Yeah. Three of the 10 books are based on my experience and, uh, trying to share the, the culture and the history of that region. Yeah. That's amazing. So do you still get to do a lot of travel? Yeah, um, I mean, it, it, to some extent, I'm freer to travel now since not having to be concerned about whether my law practice and business is falling apart while I'm off uh, on a mountain <laughs> climbing expedition. But, um, you know, right, right, right now, I mean, right now we're in this national uh coronavirus shutdown situation, but interestingly, just sort of as the, the virus was hitting the U.S., my wife and I took off on a cross-country road trip. So we were, when we first left, the first few days we were on the road, as like, you know, this is normal, nothing has really changed, although there were cases that had, uh, had, uh, had struck people in Seattle but it was confined at that point to the Seattle area. But by the time we got to California, you know, things were shutting down. So there we are <laughs> on the other side of the country uh, and LA is now locked down. So 
what do we do? Well, we couldn't stay there, so we drove back. So we, you know, we took a, you know, 44,500 mile road trip during the shutdown. Well, that, well, that's probably made for an interesting, interesting journey with lots of little stories inside of that, I bet. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was not exactly what we expected, but it was really interesting. Yeah. So one of the things um, that I found interesting, and, and I'm not really sure, so you do write, but it looks like you also coach others to, to, to write. Is that true? I mean, am I reading that correct on your, on your site? Yeah. Um, I, after I, well, my wife uh, is a literature English professor and she was also an editor um, and she started coaching other writers, not just editing, but coaching and really enjoyed it. Uh, and so I thought, well, you know, I can do that too. So we started um, sort of a, a side business of doing editing and coaching for other writers. And so, you know, usually I have one or two writers that I'm working with and some, you know, are novice writers who really need editing as well as coaching and others are accomplished experienced writers who just want somebody to help them stay focused and to critique uh, what they're writing. So, yeah. yeah. So I found that interesting. Um, I have, I've written three books, edited them all a couple times and they're still on shelves. Um, and the only reason I mention it is um, I've worked with a writing coach too and what I thought was interesting that I don't know if writers realized, or at least I didn't, is I really thought writing had to be this isolated process that all writers wrote like in the basement and then came out after they were done and ta-da, you know, they have this magical piece. And um, what I found was this really interesting community of writers that actually do like edit other people's work or write in um, workshops. Workshopping a book to me was the most crazy thing I'd ever heard. Uh, so I think it's really neat to see that writing is, it can be whatever you need it to be. You know, it can be alone or it can be with people. Um, you can have someone like yourself help edit or help keep you accountable. Uh, but it's not, you know, just the, the weird people that sit in the basement and write and then all of a sudden they're geniuses. Yeah. Well, especially not geniuses, but, but <laughs> no, you're right. And you know, we're all, we're all different. Um, each, I mean, that's, I, I teach uh, a memoir writing class um, for uh, Indiana Writers um, Center here in Indianapolis. And the first thing I do uh, with each new class is to go over the, all the sort of different ways you can just get yourself prepared to write. Like, you know, where, where do you sit? What, what noise? do you need or not need and so on and so in terms of creating that environment that is most creative inspiring for you and it's always interesting to hear students you know describe the different um, ways that they uh, find that creativity and my uh you know because my, my wife published her first novel when she was 21 
and I had, was a young lawyer at the time, but had written some articles. But, you know, we have, have kind of grown up together. We were married fairly young. She was 18, I was 21. So we've kind of grown up together as writers. And so we've always had each other to sort of to react to and critique and so forth. But something I uh, think I could statistically prove if I had the time, and that is there's something about the Y chromosome that tends to make men more the isolationist type writers and women more interested in participating in a community of writers. I mean, for example, in terms of coaching clients, I've probably had four times as many women as men in my uh, memoir writing class. It's usually about 10 students. One will be a guy, nine will be women. My wife is in all sorts of different writers groups. I'm not in any. Yeah. Uh, it's just so, you know, I, women, I think, are, yeah, just more yeah. so that way. I think there is something to be said for um, the X and Y chromosome differences, because I also, um, I spent 20 years as a software developer, which is a traditionally male um, role. Now you're seeing more females there. But um, I, I think and code different than most of the guys do they tend to be more solitary. And I, so I ended up becoming manager and doing other things only because I talked more <laughs> because yeah. I was, I was just more communicative. Many of them are significantly better developers. Um, but I'm just a bit more social. Um, similar with writing. I actually wrote alone and I gave up a lot because I was like, well, I don't, I don't know if this sounds right or, and then I found a community and they're like, oh, this is great. Why aren't you doing this or that? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> I just thought you wrote stuff and then you were done. Um, the ed editing is a lot more work than I expected as well. Yeah. Um, I, editing is hard work. Um, I, I like, I actually, I enjoy editing my own work. Um, because I, I just, every time I go through, you know, do another edit, I find ways that at least in my own mind, I'm improving it. Editing other people's work is just, I mean, to do it right, you know, you have to concentrate on every single word. And it's very intense. And I used to think, you know, when I was practicing law, I was getting paid from 250 to $500 an hour. I charge $50 for editing, and I swear, editing is a lot harder <laughs> than practicing law. Yeah, I, I think I was surprised at that as well, and, um, and unfortunately, I have to get back on the wagon, I think, but like, I love to write. I love to write. I like some kinds of editing, right? So I didn't realize there was kind of, I thought editing was just grammar. I didn't realize there's like, cause I wrote my very first fiction kind of full length. There's like, does the plot make sense all the way through? Is the timeline right? Did you, did you forget about a character at the beginning and never talked about them again? I'm like, oh, this is exhausting and not nearly as much fun as creating. 
and, and that's not necessarily true. Some people really enjoy it, but I, I bit off a little more than I thought that I was biting off for sure. And so someone who's written 10 like you, wow, that's amazing. Well, and I, I must say that um, because two of the books I wrote were novels, fiction, um, I think fiction writing is m more challenging than nonfiction. Uh, to create a world, which, you know, you're creating, even, even if it's set in historical, so, you know, there is this world that you're trying to recreate, but still, um, you know, if you're, like, for me, memoir writing is capturing the reality that I experienced and, you know, trying to say something worthwhile about it, um, which is the really the more creative part of memoir writing. Um, but to, to write a novel, I, I mean, I, I'm having done it twice, uh, but I, I'm not sure I will ever try it again because <laughs> it really, it's, it, it is just, it's to, to create that entire universe, to create characters out of whole cloth. I mean, it's, it takes a lot of talent and a lot of work. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad, I'm, it's good to hear that, like, from other perspectives, because I think that, um, but, but I want to make sure I don't discourage anyone, because it, it's a great thing that you can do, especially when you're locked in the house, where you can't go anywhere. It's a, yeah, this is a great time for writing, absolutely. Absolutely, and I bet there'll be a lot of interesting works that come out of our time um, in isolation. Uh, so if you were to give anyone like advice about going into writing, is there a, a great way to start or a, a way that's um, like an easier entry point or, you know, what's your advice for kind of starting out? Yeah, I think the most important thing is to write something that you just feel is in you and has to come out that, there has to be this desire to get this book out. I mean, it's one thing to, to write an article. I mean, you know, journalists write articles on assignment every day. And when I was doing legal writing, I mean, I could pump out legal articles or, you know, topical essays and so forth, uh, sort of just, okay, this is the assignment, I'm going to do it. But if you're going to do a creative work, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, an entire book, it's got to be something that you, you know, I mean, your word is inspired. I mean, you have to be really inspired. You've got to love what that is. Um, and uh, if it's in there and you love it and it needs to come out, uh, it, you know, it may not come out as a masterpiece, but you know, you, you spend the time, you'll get it done. I love that. I love that. So Jeff, where can people find information about all the books you've written or some of the articles so they can um, learn more about your fun trip to the Himalayas? <laughs> um, I have a website and it's, just, it's my full name. So Jeffrey, um, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, Raisley, R-A-S-L-E-Y.com. 
um, all my books are also, and the, the books are all on the website and they're also all on Amazon. So you can just put in my name um, and you'll find the author page in Amazon. And yeah, and I, I also noticed one. you're um, on Goodreads, which I'm a, I'm a big fan of Goodreads. So they've got some nice, got some nice write up on you there as well. True. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, we'll make sure we have all the information on where to find you and where to find your books on our show notes when we release the podcast. And thank you so much for coming in from your run and spending some time with us talking about your books. Well, thank you very much for having me, Jackie. I've, I've enjoyed meeting you uh, and enjoyed our chat. Hope we can do it again someday. I, uh, the next book that you bring out, let me know. I'll be very well, happy to have you on. Will do. All right. See you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.